Sometimes you don't know why you're getting rejected for something. Sometimes you've got absolutely no control over it. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. But I truly believe that when somebody says no to you, it's a yes to another opportunity somewhere else because it opened up space, energy, and time for you to do something that's probably a better opportunity. Because if it's a no, then it's not a fit for them. And it's also not a fit for you. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi seven-figure business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, the budget, and the time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today. One that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible. One that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life you love, you're in the right place, friend. Let's get started. I want to tell you about a podcast that is so good. It's called My First Million, hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. My First Million features famous guests like Alex Hermosi, I love that guy, Sophia Amoruzo, and Hassan Minaj, sharing their secrets for how they made their first million and how to apply their learnings to capitalize on today's business trends and opportunities. They recently did an episode with Jesse Itzler, and it was so good. I just love his energy and unique take on being an entrepreneur and a successful one at that. Listen to My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Online Marketing Made Easy. Now, I want you to brace yourself because today's episode is a topic that many of you have told me you struggle with. And it resonates with me because I've struggled with it as well. And that is this idea of being seen, showing up, putting ourselves out there, getting on camera, doing the podcast, getting on stage, like really being seen for who we are. And that is not easy. The thing is, you can have the best product ever. You can have even amazing marketing. You can have the most efficient processes. But if you're not putting yourself out there, then people do not know who to connect with. They don't want to connect with the logo or a brand. They want to connect to a person. And so that requires us to show up in a really big way in order to give our business the edge it needs. I mean, it's a busy, noisy world out there, right? And so today we're going to talk about what it means to be seen, why it's important, but more importantly, how you can do it in a way that feels very authentic to you. And when I use the word authentic, I'm thinking specifically of my guest today. My guest is Jen Gottlieb. She's back on the show. She's been on the show talking about PR, but today we're going to talk about this concept of being seen. Now, Jen is an international speaker. I've seen her speak on stage and she just recently blew my mind. I'm going to talk about that when I interview her. She's the host of the I Dare You podcast, brand new author of the book Be Seen, 
and she's the co-founder of Super Connector Media, an award-winning training events and online education company. And they used to own a PR firm not that long ago. They've since sold it. And Jen and her team did all my PR for my book, Two Weeks Notice. So that's kind of cool. Jen has been making waves in the entrepreneurial world by teaching business owners how to build profitable brands and become the recognized expert in their field. And today we're going to place a big focus on how to become the go-to expert in your industry. So when someone is thinking of hiring a social media manager or a quilting expert or a parenting expert or whatever it is that you do, they instantly think of you. So I know this is a scary topic showing up. Like when we talk about being seen, I think most of us think getting on camera, going live. And most of us, it's not our favorite thing to do in our business if you're anything like me. But today I've got some strategies and tips to share with you from my friend Jen that is going to make it a whole heck of a lot easier. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's welcome Jen Gottlieb to the podcast. Well, hey there, Jen. Welcome back to the show. I am insanely excited to be here with you right now. Oh my gosh. I've been looking forward to this all week. Now, truth be told, we text each other all the time. We're constantly in communication. But the fact that you get to come back on the show and share all the new things that I can't wait to talk about today, I've been looking forward to it. But most people on my show will know who you are, but there's a few that might not. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're all about. Hi, everyone. And there's probably plenty of people that don't know who I am. So I'm really excited to make new friends here, especially with anyone that follows Amy and listens to Amy's podcast. You're someone that I want to know. I'm Jen. I'm the co-founder of a company called Super Connector Media, and we help entrepreneurs and business owners or people with a service, a story, or a product be seen and build profitable brands online. We do that a whole of a lot of ways, but what we're going to talk about today is is the fact that I I wrote a book called Be Seen, and it's coming out. I, I think when by the time this airs, it's out, and you can get it. And it's all about how to be seen and how to build that brand, but more importantly, how to be seen as the realest, most authentic, most in alignment, in the pocket version of who you are. Because I truly believe that when you show up as you, you attract people who want to engage with you forever because you're attracting what you are basically. And that's how you build an audience of raving fans and not just an audience of like double tappers and spammers and likers, but it's people who want to buy your stuff and follow you forever. And this is an important topic for my audience because one of the biggest challenges that comes up again and again is something like, Amy, I I don't want to be on camera. Do I have to use social media? Do I have to show up and show my face? Like these are real questions I get asked over and over again. And wouldn't you say that there's so much, something so much deeper than do I have to show my face on camera? Yes. Right. First of all, yes. You don't have to do anything. Let's be real. I would, it would be so crazy of me to come on here and be like, you have to be on camera. You have to show your face and you have to be seen because you don't. But if you're listening to this podcast specifically, I'm talking to you, girlfriend, I know who you are or, or guy or whoever's listening to this. It means that you have something that can help people, whether it's a course or a product or a service. That thing that you have that you do, the things that you say, the messaging that you have, it helps people. So every day that goes by that you're not making yourself visible to those people that you can help, wherever those people are watching, wherever their attention is, right now it's mostly social media, but you can think about where where is my audience, where are they, and how can I be seen to them. But every day that goes by that you're not 
being there for them and showcasing who you are and what you have to offer is another day that they're going to go follow someone else or buy from someone else that's not as good as you and doesn't care as much as you simply because you're not allowing them to find you. I think every day how grateful I am that you, Amy, made yourself visible to me by your podcasts and your social media and your courses and marketing them and putting them out there. Because if you didn't, then A, I wouldn't have learned all the things that I learned from you and B, I wouldn't have a best friend that I have in you. So, I mean, you never know who's watching and who's listening, but if you're not being seen, then you will continue to never know. Oh, so true. So true. Now tell me this, you're a powerhouse connector and you truly live what you preach. Like I know this firsthand, you live what you preach when it comes to putting yourself out there and showing the world your superpowers. Now, a lot of entrepreneurs tend to focus entirely on operating behind the scenes, but what are a few ways my listeners can shift their mindset to start being fully seen and increase their visibility? What I like to do because I, I, I'm actually an introvert, Amy. I think you know this. I, I an, an introvert. The truth, she is. I am. Yes. I am. I love being on stage, but when it comes to like being in rooms of people and networking, I don't love it so much. I'd rather be at home in my sweatpants than at a party. <laughs> However, I love connection because opportunities come from people, and I love like having deep friendships and relationships because that is what makes my life feel fulfilling. I just don't love going out there and like having to find and make them. And I also come from a place where I I used to be an actor. So I used to be on camera every day of my life and on stage every day of my life, but I got to hide because I got to play the part of a different person. I was always playing a character. So I always was wearing this mask of whatever character I was playing. And that kept the real me hidden and safe Mm -hmm. and wasn't as scary for me as actually being seen as who I truly was. And when it came to when, when I started my business and I had to start actually being seen as what I, what I call in the, in the book, Real Jen, and putting myself out there and being who I was, I was petrified, Amy, like so scared just to go live on Facebook. I remember the first time I went to go live on Facebook, I took like an hour to actually press the button. And by the time I pressed the button, I was terrible. I actually show this video a lot when I speak because it's so bad and I was so nervous. However, Every time you do something you're afraid to do, you slowly but surely take away the power that that fear has over you. Mm -hmm. So the more that you do it over time, the less scary it will become. But one of the tools that I use to go be on camera when I feel afraid, because I still do to this day, is I use the acronym HOPE in the book. It's in the book. It stands for help one person every day. Because if you're just having a relationship with one person and a conversation with that human, like let's say it's a client or a best friend and you're out to coffee and you guys are having a combo and your friend needs help with something, you don't get nervous to give them the help. You just tell them. You don't forget the words. You're not insecure about what you're saying or what you look like. You just pour into them. You're able to help them. So whenever I go on camera, I envision that one of my best friends, maybe my husband, maybe a client that I absolutely love is on the other side of the camera and I'm just talking to them. Help one person every day. There might be a thousand people watching, but I am speaking to one person and I'm having a conversation with them because when we focus on providing value to one person, we all of a sudden aren't worried about what people think of us. We're not worried about what we look like or what we sound like or if people like us or if people are judging us. The ego that we all have, all natural and normal to care what people think, but it goes away when you focus on helping one person. So I think before I go on camera, okay, hope, who's my person? Think about them. I plant them there and I start talking to them. 
Oh, I love that. Just focusing on one person, it makes it so much easier. It just in the whole scheme of things. So I think that's so powerful. And I know that you do that because you've given me examples along the way when when I've gotten nervous, when I've had frustration, you know, Jen's team ran my PR for my book and Jen was on speed dial of all my insecurities that came up. But this idea of just helping one person at a time changed everything. So I love that you brought that up. Now, I mentioned that a lot of my listeners don't want to show up on video, are really behind the scenes, are really having a hard time finding their voice, finding their message, and really getting in front of their business. So if you're talking to somebody who's not feeling really confident that they know what makes their business unique and they aren't really sure how to even create that message, how can we tap into our creativity and discover what makes our business unique or what makes us unique? I love this question so much. I get this question a lot. Like, Jen, how do I stand out from the crowd? Yeah. Like there's, there's, there's millions of life coaches or there's millions of interior designers or millions of doctors. How do I stand out? And a lot of people don't even try because they think that there's too many people out there already doing what they do. Yeah. And it is easier than you could have even imagined to build a brand and stand out because here's the thing. There are going to be millions of other people that do what you do. Always. It's just a fact. What's your relationship with that fact? What's your perspective of that fact? Okay, own it, love it. There's going to be millions of other people out there. Okay, great. But guess what? The good news is, is there is only one you. There's only one Amy Porterfield in the way that you speak, the way that you communicate, your story of how you got to where you are, the things that you like to do, the fact that your husband is Hobie, the fact that you've got your amazing little labradoodle that you love so much, all of the things that make you Amy are the things that people are going to absolutely love about your brand and your brand only. That's why they call it a personal brand. I think the biggest mistake uh, that people make in branding is they make it too perfect and too much about the business and don't infuse the personality and the uniqueness that is you. So how can you infuse the special sauce that only you have into your business and in your brand? Like for me, I love watching baking shows, even though I don't bake or eat baked goods. I love watching them. So in my street team for my book, we have a bake-off going on. And like, I love to work out and I talk about exercise. I love to take my three dogs for walks. I always do Instagram lives and, and create content while walking with my husband. And whatever things that only are unique to Jen, like my story of being on VH1 or being on Broadway and how I got here, are things that make people only connect with me and not somebody else that does the same thing as me. So think about what that is for you, the person that's listening to this right now. What are maybe some of the messier parts of your story or some of the parts of you that uh, only your best friends know about that they're like, oh, that's so Amy, that's so Rachel, like that's so John, that's so just you. How can you infuse that in and share that with the world? Because that's going to make people want to connect with only you and buy from and learn from only you and not the other life coach or the other doctor or the other interior designer or whatever it is that you do. You know, that reminds me, I recently was at an event with you. We were at the Powerhouse Women event and I spoke there and you spoke there and I got to watch you on stage for the first time do your own presentation. I've seen you at your own event, but this felt different. And one thing I noticed about your talk is that the whole thing was stories. And I thought it was so incredible. I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. I hadn't heard a lot of those stories What is it about you telling stories about yourself that is connecting with the audience? Like instead of you just getting up there and teaching three steps to X, Y, Z, why did you choose to teach through all your stories? 
I love this question. And I've never talked about this on a podcast before. So I think this is going to be really powerful and fun. I always used to teach through frameworks. Always. When I would speak, I'd be like, okay, there's four steps to whatever, whatever. Here's the acronym. Step one, step two, step three, and use frameworks. But what I noticed when I was watching people speak is some of the greatest speakers in the world that, that really make me cry and make me remember them and make me want to go take action after were always people that told stories. I never really walked away remembering a framework, but I always walked away remembering a story. And here's the other cool thing about stories. Stories are unique to only you. So the interesting thing about that event, and you'll agree, many of us got up there and said pretty much the same thing, right? It's a very similar message, okay? It is a very, at a personal development event, it's a similar message, right? right? It's like, take action with fear in the passenger seat of the car, right? We all can say it in different ways. However, if you're a speaker or you're building a brand or you're telling stories or you're teaching, there's gonna be other people that teach similar frameworks to you. The way that you make it unique is by infusing it into a story. And people resonate with stories. They want to listen to the story. And the cool thing about stories is I could say the exact same keynote to the exact same group tomorrow, and they'll hear it in a different way tomorrow because they're in a different place in their life tomorrow than they were when I said it at that event that time. So I can consistently use this keynote and tell these stories and trust and know. It's like the book, The Alchemist. Wherever you are in your life, you're going to relate to that story differently and it's going to be infused into your system in a different way. And it's going to, when you can emotionally connect to somebody's personal story, you remember that person or that lesson that's hidden within the story way more than a framework. And it makes you much more unique and memorable than all of the other people that are doing a great job teaching their frameworks. It's amazing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I find that if you can tack on a story, it makes you that much more memorable and it makes it that much more sticky and that much more unique. Yes, it truly does. I remember every story you told on stage and then I remember the lesson that went with it. Like I walked away feeling very excited about trying new things and taking new challenges because you, I won't give it away, but what she went through to get to where she is today, it was pretty incredible. And so I just felt super inspired. So first of all, you did an amazing job on stage, but I loved that the whole thing was storytelling. It was just beautiful. Okay. So I want to go through some of these strategies that you talk about in your book and that you personally practice for being seen. And I just want to discuss your advice and tips for tackling them. So can I run through a few of them that I really love from the book? Let's do it. Okay. The first one, networking. How can we find networking opportunities? And do you have any strategies for effective networking, both in physical and online environments? So much. I have a whole section in the book called How to Become a Networking Ninja. It's so (laughs) important. Opportunities come from people. Opportunities to be seen come from relationships. So the core of everything, whenever anybody asks me a question on how do I build my brand? How do I build my audience? I say the same thing every time. Make relationships. Leverage OPA, which is an acronym for other people's audiences. Like right now, you and I are doing that. We're showcasing each other for each other's audiences and we're working together to promote each other's brands. So relationships are key, but it's hard when you're an introvert to go out there and network and make relationships. It's not the easiest thing. So I wrote out in my book how I gamify networking. Whenever I go to a networking event, I actually gamify it. And I have steps that I take in order to make the most powerful relationships at events. And I talk it through in the book. I'll give you a few of them. Okay, give me a few. Yeah. Okay. So I always go into every event with a goal. And I love having a goal because this is really why I love having it. When I've accomplished my goal, 
I can leave. (laughs) I like knowing that I can leave once I've accomplished my goal. Because if you go into a networking event without knowing when you can leave, you almost feel like, okay, can I go yet? Is it appropriate for me to leave yet? And Jen, you don't even know how many times I've gone to the networking event alone. And then I find myself like under the stairwell hiding, texting a friend or something. Like I am super awkward at networking events. So, but I am pretty good at having a goal, like a challenge. So like that, okay, this is brilliant because I do like to know when I can leave. What is the, like, give me an example of a goal. Yes. Okay. So let's say you're going to an event and the event is an actual like entrepreneurial event. Let's put it that way. Like let's say you're walking into an event like Powerhouse Women. So if you don't know what that is, it's a, it's a networking event for women to go and meet each other and connect and hear great speakers. All right. So you obviously are not going there just to learn. You're going there to connect with other people. Yeah. I would make a goal based on what your personal goals are in business that would really work in that room. So for me, it would be like, okay, my goal is to take five selfies with amazing women here. And if I have the goal to take five selfies, it means I'm going to meet five women. It means I'm going to have to connect with and have a conversation with five women. And what I like about the selfie goal is one of my other tips is to follow up with value. Uh, The follow-up is the most important part of the relationship and networking. It's not the meeting, it's the Mm follow-up. And people follow up wrong. They follow up and they make it all about them. The follow-up should be always providing value to the other person. And your goal with networking is doing everything that you can to figure out how you can help that person that you're networking with so that when you follow up, you have value you can provide to them. So I love doing a selfie thing. So it's like, all right, I I love that we met. You're so cute. Let's take a selfie, take a photo. And then in my follow-up, I'll send them the photo. Be like, this was such a beautiful shot of you. Uh, I loved it. I loved hanging out with you. And then I would also follow up with more value. I loved our conversation about XYZ. I know that you love sushi. This is my favorite sushi restaurant in Boca where you're from, right? And in here, I can get you a reservation if you want or whatever. But that selfie is like, that's a goal. Okay, I accomplished my goal. I'm going to use it for my follow-up. Another goal could be I'm going to at least have one powerful conversation with someone that I find extremely interesting. And you could have like five or six conversations that aren't that great, but you have to keep going until you find a really interesting, deep conversation. And you ask yourself, did I hit the goal? I hit the goal. Okay. I've had, I had a really, really interesting conversation, really connected with at least one person. Now I can leave. Got my five selfies. Now I can leave. And I love that because it's also a reward and you have your out and then you feel successful when you go to bed at night. You don't feel like, oh, is that worth it? Should I have gone? You know, it's like I did the thing. Check. So for those of you who don't know Jen personally, when you pick up her book, Be Seen, one thing you're going to get to know about Jen. She's so real. Like who comes on a podcast and says, let me give you a trick for networking. So you know, when you can leave, I mean, we all want to leave, but we don't talk about that. And so the fact that you're just so real about it makes me want to just like, tell me everything, you know, about these topics. So just know you'll get a piece of that. You'll get a little hint of it when you finally pick up the book, but what just happened there, that is quintessential Jen. It's, she keeps it real. And I love that. Okay. So let's keep going. Let's get specific on how to foster a relationship with a media contact. This is another thing you're really good at. How do we find media contacts and what are the steps to start and sustain a relationship like that? Because that's a whole different ballgame. Whole nother ballgame. And I love that you're talking about relationships first. And I love that your question wasn't, how do we get in the media? And I've trained you well. Your, your, Your question was, how do I build relationships with people in the media? Because that's how you get in the media. People are the doorways or to opportunities, not the other way around, right? It's all about connecting with people. So how do you connect with people in, in the media? I actually have a tool in the book called the Top 20 Tool, and it works 
like a charm. If you, you're, you're probably listening and you're like, Jen, I don't have any media connections. I don't know anybody in the media. And I would tell you, I don't care who you are. You are wrong. You definitely have more relationships than you even realize. And they may not be in your immediate network, but I bet you that they would be on the outskirts of your immediate network. So if you have a goal to be in the media, I want you to just take out a piece of paper. I'm going to get real tactical here, Amy, because I think your audience likes tactical stuff. Take out a piece of paper on the top of the paper. I want you to write down your goal for the media. So maybe let's just use an example. My goal is to get featured in Forbes magazine. I want to get featured in Forbes. So what you're going to do is you're going to divide that piece of paper up into four columns. On the first column, all the way over on the left, you're going to list 20 people in your life network. So not just your business network, your whole life, anyone you've ever met that has any kind of connection to anybody that would know somebody at Forbes. So that could be someone that you know and their sister was featured in Forbes. Maybe somebody that was recently featured in Forbes, a client of yours. Maybe somebody that actually knows someone that was a contributor. Anyone that you know, list those 20 people. And if you're like, Jen, I don't even know 20 people, guarantee you, you do. Open up your Facebook friends, your Instagram followers, your contacts in your phone, you know 20 people. Then in the column over, the next column over on the right, you're going to rank each person that you've listed on a scale of one to 10 on how likely they are to help you. This is important because you may have listed people that you don't even know that well, and that's okay. They're just going to get like a one or a two on the how likely to help. Okay. If they're a bestie or if they're a client that you've helped so much, they're going to get a nine or a 10. Great. One more column over, you're going to rank those same people on a scale of one to 10 on how influential they are in getting you that placement. So if somebody is a writer for Forbes, they're going to get a nine or a 10. If they, I don't know, like know somebody and they were featured there ages ago, not so influential, obviously a lower score. You're going to add up each person's score. And in the final column, all the way over on the right, you're going to sort the scores from descending order, meaning the highest scores are at the top and the lowest scores are at the bottom. So all these people have scores. The people at the top of the list, they've got high scores. They're likely to help you. They're influential. All you got to do is reach out and ask. And I promise you, even there's a whole chapter in the book about becoming a master asker and knowing how and when you can ask for help. These people you clearly have a good relationship with, you've provided value to them in the past, they're going to be excited to help you. You reach out, you say, I have a great pitch. I really want to be featured in Forbes. Can you connect me? Amazing. The people lower on the list when you get to their name, they're not so likely to help you. So you can't just ask them for help. You're not there yet. Instead of asking them, what you're going to do is you're going to consistently figure out how you can provide value to that person. Okay. Don't ask them what they need help with. That's a homework assignment. Think about what they need and everybody needs help with something. Could you help promote their book? Could you comment on their content, share their content, sign up for their course, promote their course, go leave a five-star review on their podcast, screenshot it to them, send it to them. There are so many people that I've become deep, amazing friends with because they've just shown up for me and helped me in so many ways when I didn't even ask them to. And then when they come to me and they're like, hey, Jen, could you help me with this thing? They've already provided so much value for me. I'm like, oh my God, of course, I was waiting for you to ask me to help you with something. It's the law of reciprocity. So the top 20 tool works 100% of the time if you use it, especially with media. You will get a media placement if you do that top 20 tool. It's just, it takes stepping outside your comfort zone and be willing to connect with people and ask for help. Ooh, now this is something that I wish I did so much earlier than when I launched my book. So I've talked about this on the podcast, but one of the things where I messed up was that 
once the book was ready to be marketed and I needed all the PR and I needed people to say yes, I realized I hadn't fostered relationships how I wish I would have. So anyone listening right now, if you ever think about writing a book, if you want some big media opportunities, do this now before you need it per se for any big thing you're going to do, because I really had some regrets around that. And so now I know better and I, I make a bigger effort now, but I think those relationships are everything. Everything. Yeah. I remember for the whole year leading up to this book launch, I was I called it a season of giving. Oh. I'm in a season of giving. I'm just giving right now. I'm not asking for anything. I don't need anything in return. I'm just providing immense value to all the people that I love, that I want to connect with and make a relationship with. And I have to tell you, like, it's easier for me to ask now because I've given so much. It doesn't feel as gross, right? It feels yeah. fine because I know that I've given. And that's what makes it easier. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to get the yes because there were some that I didn't get yeses from. But it made the ask way easier for me because I knew that I had provided that person with value from my heart. And if they said, no, that's fine. But at least like I showed up for them. So I felt okay being like, hey, you know, can I be on your podcast or would you promote my book? You know what time it is? Sweater weather, especially here in Tennessee. And it's football season. Oh my goodness, my husband is very excited. And I love quarter four, the home stretch. It's time to close out another year of growth and prep for the next year of revenue. So to bring in more business this quarter four and beyond, you need sales software that helps you score. And the top tools are all inside the new HubSpot sales hub. With a customizable prospecting workspace, smart deal management suite, and AI-powered apps, you can take total control of your operation to generate more leads and land more sales. Now, the AI-powered chat spot speeds up your day-to-day -day tasks with simple chat solutions, while AI assistants crank out copy and outlines and out-of-the-box ideas. They're cleverly designed to accelerate your workflow and baked right inside of your CRM, your customer relationship management platform. And when you pair Sales Hub with other hubs in HubSpot's smart CRM, your team will be on the same page across the entire customer journey. And if you're a solopreneur, this will make all those spinning plates simplified. Leads won't slip through the cracks and data is connected across marketing, sales, and operations so you can better measure your impact on the bottom line. Stop sticking to the same old strategies and start closing more deals because the best time to score is quarter four. Make the switch to HubSpot Sales Hub at hubspot.com sales. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I wanna talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. 
There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Okay, I want to talk about that. Something I've been very candid about on the podcast is that launching a book has been the most humble experience of my life. It has, it's so hard in terms of you have to ask for a lot of favors. Now you're in a better place because you had a season of giving. I didn't necessarily focus that much. I feel like I'm incredibly giving to my peers and my friends, but I wasn't as intentional and I've learned my lesson for sure. So How have you, or have you used the lessons in your book to deal with, you've had to have some rejections along the way. Everyone who launches a book doesn't get all yeses, right? So I'm assuming you've had some no's. How have you navigated that? And have you used the lessons in your book to help you? Amy, I'm using the lessons in my book every day. I just opened the book today and read the section about rejection because I just got rejected today. I'm getting rejected on the regular. And you know what? That is one thing that is absolutely certain when you're stretching and growing and putting yourself out there, no matter what level you're at, I don't care what level you're at. I read Viola Davis's book. She is an Oscar winning actress. There were so many movies after she won her Oscar that she did not get. She got rejected from. Everybody is going to get rejected. And that's actually a good sign because it means that you're trying. It means that you're putting yourself out there. So I ask myself, what do I want my relationship with rejection to be? Because we get to choose what we want our relationship with that thing to be. We get to choose if it's, oh my God, a hit to my ego. I'm the worst. I'm not good enough. Or we get to decide, okay, I got rejected. (sighs) all right, I'm going to feel my feelings. I'm going to not like it very much. This is what I do, Amy. I was just telling you this before we press record, but I think this might be powerful and helpful for other people. What I do, there's an entire process in the book. I want you to get the book uh, on how to deal with rejection. But one of my tools is I screenshot the rejection text or email and I put it into my rejection album in my phone and I collect all of my rejections. And the act of putting it into my album And like putting it there, I share it with Chris, like, look, got another no, adding another one to the rejection email. And every once in a while, I did it today. I go and I open up my album and I look at the rejections. And many a time, a year later, a couple months later, even a few weeks later, I'll get an opportunity that's so much better than the one that I was upset about that I got rejected for. And and I look and I'm like, see, that's why I didn't get that one. I didn't get that one because I needed to get this one. And if I got that one, then I wouldn't have got this one. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Steve Jobs said that quote. And sometimes you don't know why you're getting rejected for something. Sometimes you've got absolutely no control over it. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. But I truly believe that when somebody says no to you, it's a yes to another opportunity somewhere else because it opened up space, energy, and time for you to do something that's probably a better opportunity. Because if it's a no, then it's not a fit for them. And it's also not a fit for you. Yes. Ah, I love that. I love that you have that folder. It just, it's so powerful. When you first told me that, I'm like, what? Why do you even want to remember those? But now I get it for sure. And might I, you're not going to say this, so I'll say it for you. Some of those people that you got a rejection from a year from now, they're going to be knocking on your door and you'll have to decide if you want to let them in or not. But 
We'll get to that later. <laughs> yes, I agree. So we'll we'll get to that later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. What the last strategy I want to talk to you about is building community. You are mm. incredible at building a loyal, thriving community. And at the end of the day, it's an engaged community that sees us and supports us every single day. So, what are the steps for creating and sustaining an engaged community? There are so many steps and there's so many ways to do it. Yeah. And I want to preface this by saying there's not one way to do anything. I've seen it done so many ways. And I think there's a lot of people on the internet that get on and they're like, there's only one way to do it and you have to do it this way. And when you're building a brand, building a community, building a business, the only reason I can say this is because I did it wrong many times and I've learned from it. If you build it the way that somebody else did and tells you this is the way that you should do it and it's not in alignment with you, you will hate your brand, you will hate your business, and you won't like your community. So when building a community, the first step is to remember who you are and show up as exactly who you are because it takes way too much energy to be somebody that you're not. And if you're acting as somebody that you're not, you're going to attract people that like that version of you. And that is impossible to keep up with. I did that for years. I built a brand based on the fact that I loved heavy metal music when I was on that TV show for five years. And I didn't like heavy metal music. And I built a community, but it was all based on a lie. So it, could, I, it couldn't have been a real authentic community. So the first step is to know who you are. And the whole first section of the book is like developing the courage to decide who that is, find out who that is, discover who that is, so that you can be seen as that person and attract a community of people that love you for you so that you can get online at any point in time and just be your free self. And those people are like, yes, I love that about you. And it it helps it be, there's no stickiness when you build a community like that. So that's the first step. If I had a step, there's not one way to do it show up that way. But then, of course, you need to be seen in order for people to want to join your community. And I'll give you an example of something that I did that built an epic community just this year. It was a big decision that I made and it was a very scary, vulnerable thing to do, but I'm so glad I did it. I started going live on Instagram every single morning while I put my makeup on. And for me, going on camera with no makeup on is petrifying. Uh, I am not the girl that likes to, that likes to be seen without my face on. Okay. I'm just not that girl. Okay. (laughs) So I knew that my Instagram was highly curated and I wasn't necessarily being that vulnerable there. I was very much of a highlight reel, which is great. A lot of produced videos because it's providing value and content and all that and showing me speaking amazing. But I knew that if I want to develop a real community of people that really knew me, I had to take it all down and just talk to them. And so I knew I would be putting my makeup on every morning. And I was like, you know what? If I know I'm going to do this every day, what if I just let people in? What if I just tried? And I was so nervous to do it the first time. But I started doing it. And what I realized after doing it again and again, first of all, I got less nervous each time. More people joined each time. And I started building community with these people. They couldn't wait to join. They started making friends with each other. Amy, I've got like there are four people that went out to dinner because they met each other on my Instagram. Oh, I love and they, that. And they're like in love with each other. They've, they've created this whole community. And let's, I mean, here's, let's go a step further. I, I told this story to you before we press record, but I want your listeners to know this story because it's so powerful when it comes to creating relationships and allowing yourself to fully be seen because you never know who's watching. In the book, this, this story's in the book about Amy. And there was a morning when it was the day after my love of my life, my dog Dexter, who I had for 15 years, he passed away. And that morning I did not want to go live on Instagram. No, I was a mess. That was the last thing I wanted to do, but I had made a commitment to myself that I was going to go live no matter what every day. And I'm very serious about sticking to those commitments because I know every time that I don't, 
I'm just not trusting myself as much that I know how to follow through. And it's almost a superstitious thing that I do now that I always do what I say. So I'm like, shit, okay, I'm going to go live on Instagram right now. And I'm going to look like a mess. I had a huge zit. My face was so puffy from crying. I was not happy. And I go on live and I start just telling them, being honest for the first time ever, like really honest, like I'm not having it today. I don't really want to be here. My dog just died, but I'm live anyway. And I started talking about it. And before I know it, I see Amy Porterfield pop up on my live. And Amy doesn't, you know, Amy's busy girl. She doesn't pop up on lives very often. And all of a sudden I saw her. And just seeing Amy in that thread, knowing my friend was there watching, all of a sudden, my whole everything transformed because I felt really taken care of and held and seen that my friend was there watching me. So it actually inspired me to keep going and to keep talking about Dexter. And as I talked about him, it started to feel better and better and better. And everybody in the comments was just being so lovely and amazing. And by the time I got off of that live, I felt a million times better because I felt connected to something and I felt like my friend was there supporting me. And then you had an amazing opportunity to show up as such a dear friend after and say, hey, Jen, I know what that's like. I'm here for you. I'm supporting you. If I never went live and I didn't invite people in and I didn't allow myself to be seen, even when I was in a really hard time, we wouldn't have had that moment of connection as a friend. And I wouldn't have been able to let people into my world and let them see the real me and create this amazing community that I've created every morning on live, which has now trickled into my street team for my book. And, you know, all of the people that join our challenges every month and join our network and come to our events. It really all starts with allowing yourself to be a human in front of people. And that's what creates authentic connection. So true. I remember that moment so vividly. It is wild that that was the live that I jumped on because- I could see the pain all over your face. And I thought, oh my gosh, my friend needs extra love today. So it was definitely God-guided because I feel really lucky that I got to be there. But I agree, it's those connections. It's it's so funny. I have so many girlfriends that I'm close to in the industry. But when, I, when I'm close to all of you, you and Jenna and Jasmine and so many others, we talk about work a lot, but we talk about the personal stuff, the stuff that has nothing to do with work just as much. And I feel like that's important. It's important in our brand, in our lives, in our business. Like it all kind of bleeds together. And I feel very seen by you and some of our other girlfriends because you know me personally as well. Mm-hmm. So I do think yeah. those personal moments are important both ways for your audience yes. and for you, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that. Okay. So I want to ask you about this idea of taking action. So let's say someone's listening, they take action and they execute on all the different tips we're giving them today. And it's likely they'll have accomplished some pretty cool things if they do. If you if you do the media exercise we talked about, if you dive into the book and learn some of the exercises, the networking gamification, I think that's my favorite takeaway from this episode, like so many good things you're going to start to see some shifts in your life. But unfortunately, we don't always see ourselves the way we see others and our accomplishments don't look as amazing on us as they do on others. So how can we remind ourselves that we are doing big things so that we see our own achievements, we see ourselves? I know that sounds a little bit weird, but you know what I'm talking about? I 100% do. And okay. I and this is very important because I believe if you're listening to this right now, you're not not being seen and building your brand and putting yourself out there because you don't know how. That's not why you're not doing it. Good point. You're not doing it because of fear. And fear shows up in a lot of weird ways. I call them the symptoms of fear in the book. And one of them is imposter syndrome. Oh, and feeling like talk to you're me, not girl. worthy. Yeah. You're not good enough, right? We've both experienced that in, in situations where we were both 
at something where we felt like imposters. I remember a very specific time, right? And it doesn't matter what level you're at. doesn't matter where you are. I was on VH1 for five years. I interviewed rock stars. Every single one of them had moments of imposter syndrome and would tell me about that openly. I don't feel good enough to be here. Was, I, was my interview good enough? It's a normal symptom of fear that we all experience at whatever level we're at. And I believe that one of the biggest reasons that we experience this so much, especially now in today's world with social media, is because we spend so much time scrolling the internet and looking at other people's chapter 20s, their highlight reels, and seeing how great they are. And we forget all the things that we've done and we downplay our own accomplishments. And so I have an amazing exercise that I use. It's a tool that I I know your listeners are going to absolutely love because I've used it several times this week already. And we've taught thousands of people this tool and it's it's helped save some people's lives. I'll just put it that way. And that story's in the book. It's called The Badass List. And it is a tool. I'll just tell you how it came to be. It's a really cool story. My friend and I, we were accountability buddies when we were both starting to build our business. And we were on one of our accountability buddy calls And she had this course that she was going to launch. And she was so scared to price it at this one price that she had. It felt so scary for her. And I'm sure people listening to this can totally relate because they're all building courses. And they're like, should I price it at this? I don't know. I feel so scared. And she was having massive imposter syndrome. And I was in awe of this woman. I thought this woman was like the superstar of superstars. I thought she was downplaying herself. I thought it could have been so much more expensive. But she was just like, I'm not good enough and going down the rabbit hole. And I'm like, hold up. Let's make a list of all of the things that you've done in your life, Tori. I think you're forgetting about how great you are. I really do. I I think that you're just like completely in your own way right now and you don't see yourself the way others see you. So Tori starts making a list of all of these badass things that she's done in her life, like running the New York City Marathon, moving to New York all by herself, starting her own business, the first time she ever made six figures, the moment that she met her husband, like like every single moment. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. We were like making this up as we go. I'm like, Tori, can you please read all of those things out loud? But I want you to read them as if you're reading them about somebody else. Ooh. And she starts reading them as if they're someone else. And I'm like, are you impressed with that person? She's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that person's pretty impressive. Is that person worthy of, of charging that much for their course? And she's like, you're right, Jen. Yeah. And that's how the badass list was born. So I have a list in my phone. I keep it in my phone. Of all of my badass moments, I actually, my editor made me put my badass list in the book, which was kind of cringy. I didn't want people to see it, but I read it. The key is to read it as if you're reading it about someone you're FOMOing over. Somebody else, take yourself out of it. Distance yourself from all of your accomplishments and look at yourself and marvel at yourself. Okay. Look at yourself and be proud of yourself. Amy, your badass list will be so insane. Like, and then ask yourself, am I like, really? And usually the imposter syndrome will settle down at least a little bit so that you can go take action on that thing that you're afraid to do. Today's episode is sponsored by the social media management platform, Dash Hudson. In today's ever-changing digital world, staying ahead in social media marketing is more complex than ever. That's where Dash Hudson's latest social media trends report comes in handy. And if you know me, you know I love a good trends report. As featured in Forbes and Business of Fashion, Dash Hudson's free in-depth analysis reveals how a blend of organic, creator, and paid strategies can supercharge your content's reach and impact. This comprehensive report will also showcase how leading brands are perfecting the content lifecycle, how TikTok shop is dominating the social landscape, and what this means for those of us who are marketing using social media. 
So download Dash Hudson's free social media trends report to start perfecting your content today by visiting dashhudson.com forward slash podcast. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, this is so good. I, okay, at the time of this recording, I have a boot camp coming up and every day I do pep talks. And if you will allow me, I want to have them do a badass list and tell everyone, I'll tell everyone about your book and they've got to go get it. But these are people that are second guessing themselves at every turn. It would be so fun if they created these lists and then shared it in the community. Like, yes, Jen, so good. I can't wait to tell everybody about your book, especially these different exercises. That's what I want you all to know. We're not done yet. I still have one more really fun thing to ask Jen, but the exercises, Jen is an action girl. You're not just going to read a bunch of theory. She's going to be having you do things. I mean, we've already talked about some different things that you could do right away. This is the book. So you can always go back to it and be like, I'm stuck at this. You go to the right chapter, you do the exercise and you get into action. Action changes everything. So I just, I love this episode so much. Okay, so I wanna talk to you about Brenda. So you have a client, her name is Brenda, and I Mm -hmm. want you to tell us a little bit about her backstory and how the outcome of her journey illustrates that anyone can make a difference in people's lives by showing up and being seen. Will you tell us about Brenda? Of course, this is actually the perfect question because it's the badass list. That's okay. Perfect. Okay. So we did boot camps back in the day about being on TV. It was called right when the pandemic happened, we transitioned our entire business to challenge model because we couldn't do in-person events. And we did this challenge called the be on TV challenge or the be on TV bootcamp. And we were running these and we had a bunch of affiliates that were promoting for us. And little did we know behind the scenes, there was this amazing woman named Brenda and Brenda tells this story all the time. So I know that she's okay with me telling it. She's in the book. She was unbelievably depressed. She was a a veteran, former Marine. She had been, had sexual abuse in her life and her husband had just told her that he was leaving her and she's a black woman. And this was right around the time of George Floyd and all of these things were happening. And she was unbelievably depressed and she found herself on suicide hotline and she was going to take herself out and she was going to kill herself. And she had a bottle of pills in her hand and the person on the other end of the line said, Brenda, Take one of those pills. Don't take all of them. Just take one. Go to sleep. And I want you to wake up in the morning and find something to do. Just anything. Find something to do. So she says, okay. She wakes up in the morning. She opens her email. And she has an email from one of our affiliates about the Be On TV challenge. Brenda didn't want to be on TV. She tells us all the time. She's like, I didn't want to be on TV. I just wanted to do something. 
So she clicks on the Beyond TV challenge and she shows up. And on the first day, I teach the badass list. So my challenge to them was to create their badass list and go live on social media and share one of their badass moments on social media live. Brenda had never gone live. She was like, who is this crazy lady telling me to do this? But okay, whatever. I'm going to just do the thing because I, I was supposed to do something. So Brenda goes live for the first time on social media. That night, Brenda gets a message from another woman whose child committed suicide. And that woman had not been able to get out of bed for months to feed her other kids. And she messaged Brenda and she said, Brenda, you're live today. Help me get out of bed for the first time and feed my children. Ugh. Thank you. So Brenda got to experience what happens when you are seen, when you show up. And from that day, first of all, let's circle back to where Brenda is now. So Brenda won the challenge. We have a winner at the end. She won. She won the grand prize. She then kept doing all of our challenges, all of our courses, all of our programs, because she just all of a sudden felt this power that she had to help people by being visible and sharing her story. Now, Brenda's written books. She has her own TV show. She has a coaching company. She's making over six figures. She is unbelievably successful, living her best life, helping people. She's known as the solutionist. The solutionist, Brenda, she loves it. She's crushing it. And that all started from taking action, doing something she didn't feel like doing and showcasing, being seen and showcasing one of her badass moments. And that allowed somebody else to say, holy crap, if she can do it, I can do it too. And it's a snowball effect. You yeah. never know who you're helping. You never know. That's the thing. You know, when I think about people getting your book and learning how to be seen, there's so much about it. Like if I was afraid to be seen, I want to learn how to be seen so I can get, have more confidence and feel good and get myself out there. But at the end of the day, it's not even about us. Like Brenda did that because she needed something different, but little did she know how the trickle effect would, would literally land on the woman that needed to hear from her the most. Like mm -hmm. the bigger message I know that your book is all about is changing lives and adding value and servitude and showing up for others. And Jen, you do that every single day. I watch you do it with me and I watch you do it with our friends. You are the most generous friend I have. And I do not say that lightly. You're always there for me. And I so appreciate it. So I want everybody to get this book. I want every single one of you. So Jen, tell people a little bit more about the book. Like why should they get it? Where do they go? Like give us all the details. Yes. Okay. So you can get your, this book wherever you get books, but yeah. you can go super easy, beseenbook.com. Easiest thing ever. All the stores will show up and there's goodies that you can get when you order it from there. Put your little confirmation number in. You can get all kinds of special add-ons from me. But if you are listening to this and you feel in any way, shape or form that you have a responsibility to be seen because the gift that you have can help people, or you just want to start being seen in your community, with your family, with the people in your lives as your most authentic self so that you can feel fulfilled when you go to bed at night and be like, yes, that's me. I'm in the pocket. I love my life. Or if you want to create something that you don't even know what it is, but you want to start to be able to see it so that you can be seen as that person, you need this book. This book has all, like, and, and by the way, when I wrote this book, I really used the HOPE acronym and I literally sat there and envisioned my girl that I was writing it for sitting across from me. And I, like, I was just having a conversation with her. So when you read it, you read my voice. It's very straight and to the point. It's like, we're having a conversation. It's like, we're chatting with each other, like girlfriends and I'm just talking to you. So it's an easy read. It's very actionable. The end of each chapter gives you a mic drop moment. It gives you an action step you can take. It gives you a little recap. 
It's a fun book to read. So I highly recommend that everybody listening goes and grabs a copy and don't just get one for you, get one for a friend too. Yes. That's such a great point. Get one for a friend, spread the love. Jen, thanks so much for your friendship and for all that you've done for me and my business and what you will do for my listeners as well. I so appreciate you being here. I love you. I'm so grateful for you, Ames. Love you, friend. So there you have it. Jen is one of my most favorite guests because she always delivers. And I mentioned this earlier in the interview, but I think my biggest takeaway, because you know, at the end of my interviews, I love to share with you my takeaways, and then I want you to share your takeaways with me. So my biggest takeaway was the gamification of networking. You knew I was going to say that, right? Just because I don't like to go to networking events, I literally have found myself hiding in the bathroom or like I said, under the stairwell, pretending I'm busy, texting my friends because I just feel so awkward. And the minute I find myself in a networking event standing alone, I'm like dying inside. And so if I had a challenge that I needed to take those five selfies with five great people and then follow up with them afterwards, bring it on. I love a good challenge. So I think that was my biggest takeaway. So what did you learn from this episode? What did you love? What one action item are you going to take away from it? I want to know, and you know how you're going to tell me, right? Go on Instagram. I'm just at Amy Porterfield. If we're not connected there, I want you to connect with me and send me a DM and tell me your biggest takeaway from this episode. Also, I highly recommend this book. Highly recommend. I want you to get your hands on it. It's called Be Seen. Go get it on Amazon or wherever you get your books. And I want to support Jen as well because she's an incredibly special entrepreneur and I just love her so much. And I know you're going to fall in love with her as well. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Online Marketing Made Easy. I'll see you again next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.